y'all. Welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Christina. So folks, we are in for a real treat. We've, we've pressed pause in the middle of our multi-ethnic church series, which we've been getting some great feedback from you all about the way that it's staring you and convicting you and, and challenging you. And, and for some folks, they just feel like they're a little less crazy because they're resonating with some of the content. So we're excited to provide that for you with our last series. But we have a great opportunity actually today to press pause and to hear from Lecrae. And so we are more than thankful uh, to have him with us here at Truth's Table. You know, we don't have a lot of brothers that come to the table. And so when, when we get a brother that comes to the table, we're like, it, it, it's going to have to be special. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so, so welcome Lecrae to Truth's Table today. Oh man, I'm, I made it. I made it. I have arrived. I have been eavesdropping in on these conversations for so long and, you know, I'm going to tread lightly and, 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 you know, but no, but sincerely, I'm, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say, man, I'm greatly, greatly appreciative of, of the work uh, that y'all are doing, have done, and uh, it has blessed my life. Mm. I have uh, gone and, and bought books after listening. I have been challenged greatly. I'm still, you know, recovering from all of the uh, misogynistic ways that I have, mm. have been impressed upon me uh, mm. you know over over the years and uh, man I'm just grateful that there are voices uh, such as y'all's to uh, to help uh, people like myself grow and become more of who they were created to be. Oh that's awesome well hey that's that's super encouraging to our work and honestly that is why that's why we we run our mouths on here that's why we record our conversations because <laughs> we hope that they, they'll be a blessing to, to somebody at some point so thank you so much for that so you know what let Let's just get into it. I know that um, folks have tons of questions about this new work that you have and just about you as a person, as you as a man, you as a black man. And I'm just going to throw out the, the first one to you. And um, yeah, just let this one marinate a little bit. So I had a friend text me the other day who said they listened to your new production and they walked away and said, you know, I think Lecrae just divorced white evangelicalism. <laughs> so... so <laughs> So now I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But but that's what the text message said, okay? And so I'm throwing that out there to you because I want you to chew on that and and, and respond to it. Like what do you say to that yeah. comment? Well, uh it, it, there's so many there's so many aspects of that. Let's start with just the mu- musicality, right? So on one end of the spectrum, um I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, uh Tyree who is uh, the uh, curator for the African American Museum in uh, Los Angeles. And, um, and he said to me, and it was really profound, he said, he said, throughout the years, you know, you've always said some things that were uh, poignant and provocative for, you know, uh, black people. He said, but the, but the phenotype of your music was not black. He said, you know, th- sonically, it, w- it wasn't resonating with our soul. You know, you may have said some things that we needed to hear, but it's kind of like you can, you know, it's like the I have a dream speech over an, a, a rock record. And it's kind of like, man, that, this is not culturally where we come from. So I think on this album, artistically, absolutely. I said, this is for the culture. This is who Lecrae is. And this is not Lecrae placating or trying to make a song that caters to, uh, a, you know, a white audience in any any fashion, even though those are the people who may show up at, at my show. Um, I'm not going to do that. 
and um I spoke out very frequently you know throughout 2016 in many different ways um and and it affected me you know I I went from a show that may have 3,000 people there to 300 and uh but that was the cost you know that was the cost but those 300 people um were people who I knew loved Lecrae the the black man the Christian the all of who Lecrae was not the caricature that had been drawn up for them and so and so in that regard yeah um you know if that's a divorce then then sure Carl Ellis told me a few about a year and a half ago you know he said you know you do not have to be evangelical from the traditional standpoint and that just kind of rocked me because I didn't realize you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's categories that I don't have to subscribe to, but I can still be faithful to what I believe. And um, and and so, yeah, I think, um, you know, as far as white evangelicalism is concerned, um, I, I don't feel any sense of like prioritizing or saying like, oh, no, I got to, you know, I, I feel a priority to be who God has made Lecrae to be and not who who white evangelical white evangelicalism mm, mm, yeah yeah for sure no i appreciate that and i appreciate your candor on that question i imagine that it's taken some some hard times to get to that particular place to say that with such ease and such clarity and without pulling any punches like punches like you just did and if possible, could you share a little bit of that journey? I mean, in, in the work that I do, we might look at that as what we call racial identity development work, where where along mm. our journey, we have experiences that um, <laughs> usually very difficult experiences that can rock us. For some people, that was this last presidential election. And, and for other people, it could be being called the N-word one day at school. I mean, it just it just varies. Right. So um I'm curious for you if you can even go back and maybe highlight uh, maybe one or two moments of that, uh, those sparks of identity development that have brought you to be able to answer that question so swiftly. Yeah. Well, one thing that's, that, that is difficult is to go through the identity development publicly, right? right. Like a lot of people get to do <laughs> right, this right, right, <laughs> behind right. the closed doors. Um, but that probably accelerated the, 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 the frequency of, of me having to learn and grow is because I'm, I, I'm on my toes all the time with questions and perspective. And so, um, but I, I think, uh, man, I, 2014, Michael Brown, that was a, that was a big trigger. And, and now mind you, you know, my, I'm the, the son of a mother who was, who is very pro-black. I was given souls of black folk in, you know, grade school. I was mm. Eldridge Cleaver, Soul on Ice, Autobiography of Malcolm mm -hmm. X, um, Angela Davis buttons all over my house. And so mm -hmm. I, this is who, who I was at my core. And then when I became a believer, um, I, I guess I was taught, whether consciously or subconsciously, to lay all that aside for Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Like that stuff had to go. So- mm. I didn't know how to process it. And when Michael Brown was murdered, I I just assumed that all Christians felt the way I did. This is terrible. You know, like, oh, this is horrible. And so I just put it out there. Hey, guys, isn't this bad? And, man, you would have thought that I had just said that Jesus was mm -hmm. not real. And so the the visceral attacks that came my way um, were like a shock to my system. And it was like a, a awakening, like, hey, you know, I mean, this is, uh, everybody's not 
doesn't see things from the way you see things, brother. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so that was some that did that did some identity work, and then from there, I think that was the jolt that made me realize, okay, all is not well, and um and then I was interviewed. Uh, by the Washington Post and I, and I remember the questions that I was getting you know it's kind of like they were making me to be like the poster child for evangelicalism and I was like wait 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 that's not I didn't I didn't I didn't sign up for this like time out and then one of the when the article came out Christina Cleveland mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know had had written that uh you know she she said she believed I could be more uh i don't know the word she used specifically but more potent more effective and she said right now i was an evangelical mascot mm. and that god bless her mm-hmm. for that i'm glad she was very of uh, I, I value people who can be direct and yeah. upfront. Yeah. and that for me was just so riveting and challenging <laughs> that i had to take a look at myself and um, i had to process you know who i was and uh and and so yeah it, it, mm. <laughs> It, it was a long journey that a lot of depression, a lot of identity, you know, struggles, but I'm, I'm better on the yeah. other side. I'm yeah, much yeah, better. yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought up the word depression. You know, you know, I'm like the resident therapist on here. Right. So. <laughs> so, so I'm not, I'm not going to make you like, you know, get on the couch. But but I do think that's one of the powerful, powerful themes that I began to hear listening to this new work. And I thought to myself, um, first of all, for anyone in our cultural context to be honest about uh, emotionality, to be honest about vulnerability, about weaknesses, about burdens, about struggles is antithetical to our cultural context where we put on this facade of like, you know, this, this veneer that we're untouchable, but particularly to have a man and a black man um, to speak so candidly and to talk about this word depression, the weight of it, um, and how it how it can bear on us and the triggers for it. So that's one of the things that you brought up that I found particularly encouraging, actually, because I could imagine people listening to it, connecting and thinking, "I'm not alone," which is super important for solidarity, right? So can you can you speak a little bit about your decision, the decision process to include such candor in your work? I mean, a lot of artists, I think, would say that they want to be authentic. Um, but we do sometimes, you know, keep a little bit of our real self back. So I, I felt like that was a real mm-hmm. risk and a very important one that you took. Can you speak about the decision process to do that? Uh, I think it's like a cycle, right? Like there's a cycle of being vocal about something and then being rejected and then that rejection uh, creates like a despondency or creates a um, I don't know like a, a an anger or frustration and then then you act out out of that anger or frustration and then <laughs> after you act out you're you're like you feel terrible <laughs> you feel down you and mm-hmm. you feel lost mm-hmm. right and so now you're but then the, the, the cycle is like, well, now I want to be honest again, but I'm scared to be honest because the last time I was honest, I was met yeah. with rejection, which made me act out, which made me depressed. And so now uh. I can't be honest. And um, and I think I, I got to a place where and it was a very dark place. I'm not going to lie. Uh, a, a very dark place where I no longer cared about. I just didn't care. I didn't care about my emotions so to speak you know it was just kind of like almost like i'll just be a sacrifice who cares and i and but but it was good because in that dark place you know god was just gracious to me and allowed me to 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 still eat things that i needed to eat you know emotionally and 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 mentally and so 
Um, I, I, I was a little bit of a neo hmm. fatalist, uh, you know, um, and, and just reading a lot of Baldwin, reading a lot of Ta-Nehisi and and um, and just kind of feeling like, man, it's just no hope out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and I think that made me just sit and wallow in my depression and say, well, this is just the way that it is. And though I. I do have an eternal hope. I think in that time period, I was okay with saying I felt hopeless. And, um, and, and the benefit of that, I think that I get to see that maybe other people don't get to see is when I share my scars with people, um, they feel like, Oh, well you shared your scars. Let me, I'm Mm -hmm. actually being healed Mm -hmm. from that. You know, whereas most people don't have an audience to share their wounds with where I did. And, and so because of that, um, I was helped. I had good friends who sat with me and talked to me. And I think that was the biggest thing end of the day. I guess the biggest piece of it all is I was able to be vulnerable because I saw how vulnerability was so healing for other people. And at the very least, let me sacrifice myself on put myself on the chopping block so other people can find some healing in the process. Yeah. Yeah. How, how are you doing now? I'm very good now. Like, oh man, we we, we, do, we do care about you, brother. That's why I'm. I asking. appreciate that. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm very good now, and that's what I would tell other people too. You know, you really do come out on the other side. Hmm. You know, um, uh, better when, once you're pursuing who you were made to be, and you're not hiding aspects of yourself. It's like a, it's like an infection. It's like hiding hmm. a, a a wound and tr- pretending it's not there, and it, it never gets healed. Yeah. And so when you don't address it, it can't get any healing and it just gets infected and it festers and it gets worse. And I think for me, I just said, listen, I am jacked mm. and I could name my wounds. And now I'm I, I'm better for it on this side. I'm I'm far. I'm, I'm more comfortable on this side of the fence. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's that is so good. That is so good. Right. It makes the journey worth it. And you can begin to see how God can and does um Bring beauty from ashes, right? Um, oh man! When I think about so Romans eight twenty eight, mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty eight, we got this. You know, all things work together. This this signature passage, right? This is the thing that people have in the the bottom of their um, their signature on their email, or they've got it mm-hmm. they've got it on mm-hmm. their desk and other places. It's a it's a very known text, but yet it is man. It's oh man, it's got it's got some deep providential pain in it. Mm. Uh, because it's saying all things. And all. yeah, and and you decide, I mean, this is like this is the umbrella sentiment of your work of this new project, right? This is the title of it. All things work together. So how'd you get how'd you get to that? That's good. Um so actually exactly what you just said. Um it is so general um that anybody can grasp it at at its bare at its base level, right? Like it's so like all things work together. I don't have to know God. I don't have, I, I could have went to church a couple of times. I know that phrase, you know what I mean? But for, but, but then, like you said, there's so much, there's so much weight to it. Uh, um, once you start to dive into what it means. And even when you, when it, that verse is all the way, you know, when you read it all the way through and it, and it says all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. There's, there's a sense in that that says, Oh, wait a minute. This is about his purpose. You know what I mean? Like, and that could mean anything like all things, his purpose. Oh, Lord. You know, I don't know what's on the other side of that. Um, so that for me, 
I just felt like I was drowning, you know, and I, and when I was making this album, I was literally drowning. Um, by the time I got to the end of it, I had felt like an, a hand had reached out to pull me out of the water. And now it was almost like I had developed gills or something, you know, it's almost <laughs> like, wait, I know how to swim now. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm better yeah, now. Yeah because of that drowning process and and all things work together for my good, right? Like it was God's purpose for me to drown that way so that I could be, learn how to swim yeah. and, you know, become a lifeguard, so to Ooh, speak, and help yeah. other people um, who are drowning. And, um, hmm. and so that was, you know, kind of the impetus for, for, for why the album got that title. I, I went away, I went to, to Egypt, and that was the beginning of my healing process, you mm. know, after I, you know, finished most of the album, went to Egypt just to get out of America, just to get, be around some people of, of color, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like exclusively, I was like, yo, take me somewhere <laughs> that's not like European or Western, like, you know what I mean? Like I thought about like, like where do black people go for vacations? <laughs> like, where do we go collectively? Like, where do we go? You know what I mean? It's like. Well, I guess we go to Jamaica or somewhere like that. But, you know, most white people, they go to Europe, they go to Italy, they go to France. So they, you know what I mean? And I was kind of like, man, where do we go for vacations? And um, hmm. and so, uh, you know, Cape Town or whatever. But I just I, I just started thinking like no South Africa, Dutch influence. I'm just I need to get away. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I went to Egypt and uh, and that was very helpful uh, to see a 3000 year old, 5000 year old civilization. Right. Uh, and people made it through slavery and oppression and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And the album, I said, you know what? I'm huh. I know how to swim. Yeah, now. all things work. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like sanctification. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it sounds like that. That's a that's a great kind of metaphor, a word picture for sanctification, right? So that mm-hmm. through the drowning we grow gills. That doesn't mean we're not going to drown again, but now we're being made fit. We're being mm. fit to endure it, right? Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. You should put that in a song, Lecrae. <laughs> 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 put that in a song. <laughs> Not that I want to help you musically and all. So I, I've I've got my my sister with me here, the who I call the the prophet of protest and praise, Michelle Uh-oh. Higgins. Are 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 you are you with us? Are you there? <laughs> That means she's not she she's not she's on the not streets on the getting street. handcuffed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> okay, every day that she's free, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, Michelle. What's going on? What's going on? We're in here just having a conversation. Lecrae has done a fantastic job of unpacking kind of his his the soul journey, right? That has brought mm. him to the development of all things work together. He's talked a little bit about Romans eight twenty eight. Talked about the divorce from white evangelicalism, um, and even the battle of depression, right? And uh, the weight of that, and then really candid about the benefits of community and vulnerability. And so, Michelle, you're also our resident worship leader, and um, mm-hmm. and so I wanted you to ask maybe some questions about maybe musicality and activism, because that is, I know, a part of your heartbeat. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I've I've always found to be most impactful, but also 
enjoyable about not just the four pillars of hip hop, but actually watching hip hop artists grow and mature is noticing the things that they're learning, that they're absorbing in their world and how that impacts production. You know, we, one of the things I love most about hip hop is that it's communal. Now that's also because I'm the resident extrovert. (laughs) Kimberly might have me beat. I don't know. (laughs) But I really enjoy the communal aspect in feel of the pillars of hip hop culture and what draws us into doing the spoken word, into doing the not just performance, but actually laying that down on tracks where you have complete control of what rides under the words, like precious pieces of your mind that are coming out of your mouth. So I would love to hear a little bit about your journey in different types of activism? What have you absorbed Mm. from activists around you? How has that shifted, not just the way that you write and the way that you rap, Mm. but how has that shifted what you expect in production? How is this album, Mm. not just an announcement verbally, but how is production also a statement of where you are now? Yeah, that's Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, Um. well, one, I mean, you know, I, I kind of addressed it earlier, too, is just making sure that the phenotype of this music was a sense of activism. So th- these are these are elements of of uh, of, of black music It's it's soul, it's it's funk, it's hip hop, it's gospel, it's R&B. And it's not any EDM and it's not any rock elements. And even though rock and roll, you know, I said that Chuck Came Berry made it, but us. the credit went to Elvis. You know what I mean? Uh, so. But that's one of the things that I wanted to do as far as activism was concerned is say, man, this album, um, this is Lecrae. Lecrae is a black man in America and who can be true to his cultural roots and still embrace uh, his faith, which has been colonized. You know, you know, our faith has been colonized and 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 stripped away and made uh, to be, you know, very Western and, and Eurocentric and uh and that's one of the ways I wanted to, to be an activist as well, is to say, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't have that. That's right. It's, it's, it's for everybody. Hello. Jesus ain't American. Hello. Uh, Hello. You know what I mean? Yes. And, uh, and it's going to be more people in heaven who are don't speak English and are not white And, mm. and, and when we get there. So... Um, so that was one of the elements. I saw a documentary. Uh, it was it was Bob Marley's documentary on Netflix, and um, and I was just really blown away by him, you know, and his activism and his desire for his music to be a call to action, and but yet be very, you know, uh, good and timeless, and 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 just you know he perfected it, but he still believed that his music served to. Uh, to ignite people and and to and to unite people, and uh, and that inspired me. As a matter of fact, when I had finished the documentary, the first person that I reached out to was was Kendrick Lamar, and I told Kendrick, I said, "You have to watch this because this is who you are and can be in our culture right now. You know, on a, on a global scale." Um, I said, "You need to watch it. Watch it ten times over because man, Bob Marley was onto something here, and and he was and you know he assured me he was gonna watch it. And I mean, I mean, you see what you know." Um, but for me, it inspired me as well um, to just to take a a step out. And I had all you know, you kind of like itching, you know, stuff is happening. You itching to, to do something, but you feel the the restrictions and the confinements of like, oh, what if I, what if they get upset? What if they don't like me? Hmm. You know, all those issues. And 
And I think, you know, it took blood on the ground. Mm-hmm. It took the blood of Tamir and Mike yeah. Brown and Sandra Bland. Mm-hmm. It took blood on the ground for me to say, I don't care what you think. People are dying. Right. And um and 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 my voice needs to be heard. Um and so and it was a process. You know, I I'm still growing, I'm still learning, and I had to 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 learn. I didn't realize that terms these were academic terms, white fragility. That, I didn't realize these terms have been around for so yeah. long in academia and and just weren't at the general level. And so um yeah. for me it was absorbing all of this information and then creating music. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, getting in the booth and and talking through stuff. And a lot of songs, you know, I had to I had to write four or five times cuz they were really visceral and really yeah. angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, and I had to say, okay, the point in this is not to just be mad. The point in this is to make sure wow, okay. <laughs> that that true things are being communicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, that's the blessing of the edit button. Look at that. Look, look, look at Jesus right. giving us edit buttons. <laughs> right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. <laughs> Turn down for holiness. That's right. That's right. right. It's that's right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. That is something about... there. Is, one of the things that I really appreciate about your work on this album, especially, is mm. this bold approach to looking at the genres that came from the diaspora and saying, these two are holy. Mm. Like, these two are mm. created from a God-made people and thus Ooh. can be used for a godly purpose. Yeah. yeah. So, I, and obviously, I'm sure you've had the crossover, quote-unquote, discussion a million times, but yeah. I would be interested <laughs> to hear how, <laughs> how those shifts have played into not just who you are as an artist, but who you are as a man of faith. And I don't know if y'all went through this already. No, no, go for this, it. This sacred, secular divide mm. that activists and especially people who are in the fight to dignify Black lives we struggle with that every day. So I'm like, I'm on that. I relate to you tip. Like, mm-hmm. and I know Christina goes through this, but we mm-hmm. use terminology that we know is common grace good. Mm-hmm. I mean, terminology mm-hmm. that we know is special grace good. It's just that the church is so uh, poisoned that we don't even see special grace right. when it bites us in our face. So mm-hmm. what right. what are the ways in which... You are blasting that sacred secular divine and saying, if it's holy, if it's true, then you know it came from God. Yeah, that's good. I, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I feel like, you know, orthodox theologians mm-hmm. or white evangelicalism or, um, you know, just any the, the intellectual kind of uh Christian culture like the, the the beautiful thing about y'all and even myself is man we got receipts <laughs> so I, I I know I've been in your world yeah. you know what I mean yeah. I didn't absor- I read all the books I listen to all the podcasts <laughs> you know I got receipts I know what you're thinking I know and I'm, I'm dangerous because yes, of that right. I'm dangerous because I got receipts and so you can't come at me with a lot of the, the rhetoric and a lot of the jargon that you would be able to come at somebody else who wasn't as educated in in, mm-hmm. in, in that theological realm um and and try to get at me on on these on telling me some of the stuff that I'm saying is off base or you know all all you can really try to do is write me off and say he's fell away mm-hmm. you know what I mean like oh he's 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 fell away from the faith y'all or he's he he no longer subscribes to orthodoxy yeah. or whatever you know what I mean and, and but but I trust and believe we can go tit for tat and I think mm-hmm. um, 
that's that's one of the aspects of it is that's why I had to say it on, on a, I'm, I'm a I'm a hybrid I'm you know I'm still hood I'm a I'm a young theologian who's who eating you know hot Cheetos you don't know that life you don't you don't know this life you know what I'm saying uh I, I right now I got a do-rag on and some high socks and some flip-flops you know what I'm saying and I mean you just got to know I, I but I, I like but I know I got receipts on your world too. You don't got none on mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. And so point. You, that is that's yeah. the point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's kind of that's how how I look at it is like like you know use and and that's that's how racism has bled into uh you know Christian culture is that you you see you see that you see this this uh you you hear me say you know. Mm-hmm ratchet and you think immediately that's sinful ah. you know what i mean and you didn't got people of color to to embrace that reality mm-hmm. too but i know some godly women with the with the, with the long nails with the Come with on. the braids and the big earrings <laughs> and they swinging and, and and smacking on gum and they would say i don't you know i'm ratchet whatever mm-hmm. but they love jesus mm-hmm. and they're gonna and they're gonna serve their community mm-hmm. and they out there you know building and pouring into these kids and it's kind of like man you know you just don't have any context for that because that's not your world. That's not your mm. life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It does seem like that selective blindness. I love how you said, where where are the receipts that people can show from us? Mm. And and that mm. is that, look, we, we've been required to be culturally bilingual since learning mm-hmm. words. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know my native tongue. I don't know my actual Ooh. native tongue. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I was born to be culturally bilingual. Um, and so what are the ways in which mm-hmm. vocational identity has shifted? I mean, I think this is a conversation all of us have to have. Absolutely. Point, but, you know, Ooh. like, who are you now? I mean, or, or are you like, I don't even yeah. have time. <laughs> what is the language? And it's all, good. it's all good that you can answer this question in 20 years in a completely different way, right? So by That's God's right. grace. But yeah. yeah, vocational identity. Yeah, yeah help us to, to, to see where you find yourself right now. Yeah. That's so good. I think that's where the part of the depression part mm. comes from. You know, when I was on when I was on the Breakfast Club uh, talking to Charlemagne, he he said he was working at the mosque and he was doing youth ministry and he had you know uh, done some uh, immoral things and it shook his whole identity and he found himself depressed. You know, because because he felt like, well, if I'm not this, then who am I? Oh, and um, and and that's how I felt. I felt initially like. Well, if I turn my back on white evangelicalism, then who am I? You know what I mean? If I if I speak out, if if we disagree on all points on issues of uh, of of black lives and and you know social justice, and 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 I'm not getting pats on pats on the back from you know uh, John Piper, well then who am I now? You know what I mean? And I had to wrestle with that um, because that's a lot for for years that had been what had been shaping my identity. You know, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't realize that when I first started rapping, you know, I was walking into these these buildings, these these youth ministries or whatnot. And I was having to prove myself every time, you know, I having to show them how theologically uh, in depth I was all the time. And they weren't really impressed with um you know me it wasn't the it wasn't the what i was saying it was who was saying it wow look at this rapper who can say this you know what i mean and um and it was always that kind of issue of like well we'll let him speak at this conference and he could speak at this conference and now you got this and now you got that and it turned into 
you know, if I'm not the 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 evangelical darling, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Well, now who is Lecrae? And I had to go through that process. And I and I just so funny. I just told my wife this this morning. I said, I'm really free. Mm. You know, I said, uh, <laughs> I said I'm really free. Mm-hmm. I said I don't feel like I have to be. Um, I, I am a leader, and I embrace that. But at the same time, I I don't feel like I have to be the rapping pastor. Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like I mm. I don't. I never asked to be. Um, I just asked to be, you know, a man who loves Jesus, who wants to to create music, and uh, and and hopefully it impacts me. Mm. Mm. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, like, I think that phrase that you just said, not being the rapping pastor, but um, mm-hmm. I just. Yeah, you know, like, no, you know, like, we don't, I think I've even read it maybe in some of your former interviews, interviews you talking about, you know, we don't say like Christian accountants or Christian, you know, yeah. um, and that God is so good to us that he gives us this entire world that belongs to him to say, go and create mm-hmm. culture from, the, and the fall yeah. did not stop our initial mandate, right? So even though sin came into the world, we are still people that were made for a garden that we cultivate. And that's creating culture right and so i mean that's that's a real gift and that's a part of our identity as image bearers to be culture shapers and makers and critiquers right um so you met you mentioned your your sweet wife and when when we pursue you know our passions our careers particularly the kind that we do that get recorded and and blasted out to the world um (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. we take our family members on journeys with us and so um and sometimes they're game for that and sometimes they're not it's like my husband if he mentions me in a sermon i'm like hey 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 although he's free to mention me he can't mention the kids but um I am curious as I listen to I listen to this new work, right? All things work together. There are some things in there that you go very deep, and and it and I imagine that as you tell your story, you're attaching maybe the story of your family and people who love you along with it. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile that? How do you work with that? So if you if you reflect on a past mistake or a past hurt, how, how do you pursue telling that narrative at the same time knowing that you take along with you the journey of a community and family members and maybe even your dear spouse in the telling of that story? Right. That's, that's really good. Um yeah, uh, I mean, in this in this in this album process, I had to um, uh, kind of ask for a lot of permission, uh, you know, as far as the vulnerability was yeah. concerned, and uh, and she was involved in a lot of the the, the pre recordings and pre releases. It's actually on a song um, uh, called "I, I uh, Wish You the Best," where I'm apologizing for a lot of the 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 trail of broken hearts that i have left historically mm-hmm. uh she was in the studio and that's still not one of her favorite songs yeah. you know ha- ha- yeah. by the way yeah. but um but she, she was in the studio and it and you know a good friend of mine natalie lauren was there who's also a good friend of hers and it was kind of like no we're gonna add a third verse and you're gonna say i'm married mm-hmm. now and i'm i'm and things have changed and that's gonna be added <laughs> to this and it's like absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely no um, but yeah, but my wife is very, um, she's unfazed by the, uh, public kind of life mm. and, and, and she just wants nothing to do with that. She wants, uh, normalcy. Mm. She wants, uh, normalcy. She wants, she doesn't want to be caught up in all of the, the hype and all of that yeah. nonsense. And so she would prefer to remain, uh, behind yeah. the scenes as far as like the public stuff is concerned mm-hmm. and, 
and you know it's it, it's turning to where everybody wants to be so involved in your life and and when the critiques were running high um it was like hey my family needs to really move to the background so you you really not about to see them or hear from them because when you start introducing your thoughts and critiques on them too like my healing process is going to oh, take yeah. a lot longer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um but yeah but she, but she's been a, an incredible support system and uh and and you know she journeyed mm-hmm. with me through the darkest times of my life and so and she was strong throughout the whole thing and not strong in the the, the quintessential black woman yeah. strong but strong for mm-hmm. a human you know it's like yeah. man you are you are strong mm-hmm. Um, and it and it is amazing for you to, to wow, battle through that. Wow! Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So, yeah. um, so, so Michelle, uh, prophet of protest and praise. Um, I, I, I just want to talk to you for a split second, Michelle. Are you there? Are you there? I, I am here because I, I, I want to tell you. I want to ask you, what did it feel like when we got the call from Sister Akemeni? By the way, y'all, she's vacationing with her beautiful family. That's why she's not here with us today. Because you know, she is our resident hip hop head. You know, the hip hop yeah. muse, as I like to call her. Um, right. Wh- what did it feel like, Michelle, when you got the word from Akemeni that some parts of Truth's table would be on Lecrae's new album? <laughs> Oh, wow. I was elated. I was like, what? <laughs> what? I didn't, I'm sitting here thinking, you know how people just tweet out and say, oh, this is a great podcast. Y'all check it out. But then she was like, no, nah, the brother actually listens. I said, for real, for real. <laughs> I mean, I barely believed that. You know, people just being nice. You know, it's only like five black people that care about theology in the reformed world or the evangelical world. We're a small so I community. just think we got to hold, keep each other together and reason <laughs> right. because it's being supportive. I don't, I don't have to believe nobody when they say they listen. I'm like, we, <laughs> we ain't come up for nothing. We look just three black chicks putting a, yeah. you know, a group text on a soundbite. Yeah. So I was, wow. that just impacted me so deeply to actually see somebody live out, trust black women, you know, trust them <laughs> enough to mm. give them the microphone when they didn't even know. Um, but it's been really cool. Oh, yeah. It's been really, really cool to especially know the realness of the brother-sister relationship that you share with the Kimini, um, because that's been... Yeah. It means a lot, and it's a testimony to people too. Mm. And you know, Akimini really yeah. is. Mm. I mean, she could she could spit. You know, she can. I mean, so <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> I was excited. No, I, I was excited too. Just to you know, and I asked like it's so funny because I asked on some like, hey, listen, uh, is it okay <laughs> if uh, you know, <laughs> um, but I, as I listen, hey, well, one of the, and, I, and I'll tell you some of the reasons why I wanted, um, you know, some aspects of the podcast on yeah, on you. the album. One, one, one was, um, I think there is a void of hearing, um, you know, women of color and hearing their voices um, in prominent spaces. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and let me be honest, let me be really candid. It was a struggle for me. Um, to fight through my my own misogyny, to to hear y'all's intellect, to hear mm. y'all's uh just just incredible wisdom on every topic. You know, not the women's ministry topics, but wow. every topic. 
And um, and so after, you know, wrestling through that, you know, I remember asking uh, another friend, Zakia and Akemini, like, give me some books. Give me some books because I need to like I, I, I am I need to grow. And I'm clearly like, you know, being able to receive this type of of amazing truth uh, from these women. I, I should be able to receive it at a, at a moment's notice. And for me to have to wrestle through that showed me something about myself. And um and then I went out and got like you know too heavy a yoke mm, yeah. uh, by uh, Shaniqua mm-hmm. Barnes and I got uh but some of us oh, are yeah, brave sure. you know black women and, oh, yeah. and 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 just you know had to just challenge myself to 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 continue to grow because how are you gonna stand up for people of color um, when some of the most marginalized people are women of color you know what I mean and man it made me feel so hypocritical mm. so I appreciate y'all. Um, and and this and this this podcast and I I we, I have a group text as well uh, with a lot of couples in it and and when I posted the first uh, episode that I had listened to in the in the mm. in the group text all the women had were commenting throughout the day because they had been listening to it and they was like they better go on here they better get it they better. <laughs> so. Oh man, really just yeah, appreciate Oh man, thanks though. a lot, Lecrae. Now I gotta, I gotta tell you, when I listen to Facts, which is the song yeah. that has those snippets of a, of Achimene's just very, just you know, powerful, still voice, mm-hmm. and that comes from our our, our, our actual our Malcolm X episode where we all kind of talked about the mm-hmm. way that we have critically engaged the legacy and the writing. Um, of Malcolm X, um, so it's, so mm-hmm. I, I mean we were we were delighted. Um, but when I listened to that song, I said, "Okay, so you're gonna put us on your most plucky, provocative song." I see. I was like, "Okay." I mean, you. I mean, you just. First of all, I love the development of that song, not just because you know it's got a clip a clip of Truth Table on. To be honest with you, but um, and I love my sister Kimini's voice, but. I just I love musically what that what that piece does. It goes through all of mm. these different shades of feeling, um, and it it mm. engages the most serious topics with such humor um, and authenticity. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the song, I mean, I go through so many emotions when I listen to it. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa! And at the end, I just bust out laughing in the way that it ends. And so, um, mm. it has that it has that trauma laughter, as I like to call it. Built, built into it <laughs> right. so that you kind of walk with us through this journey. And so, anyway, thank you so much uh, for for oh, that man. piece and for your just contribution uh, to to culture right now. Thanks a lot. Oh, Thanks man. a lot, thank y'all. It's a, it takes a village, you know. It's a it's a collective piece, and we need you know every aspect of that. So we need y'all, you know, as much as what I'm doing. It's like it's so collective, and I'm. I'm honored to be able to, it's just, it feels good to know that y'all mm-hmm. exist. You know what I mean? And and it makes what I do that much easier uh, because I know I'm not by myself. And I think that's what a lot of wow. people needed to know was that we're not alone um, in mm-hmm. this journey. So mm-hmm. it's liberating. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, we are so, so thankful to have this time. And y'all know all I, I'm running around, all I am trying to do in these streets is get someone to listen mm. to what the people are saying. Yeah. And so just the fact that you're taking this platform and saying, um, you going to turn on this record? You going to hear what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I mean, that's not only deep, but um, that's, I'm sorry, but that's reparations right there. Uh, we, <laughs> silence. Repair. Yeah, you're getting silence and getting told what to say. 
Um, it's no more. You know, you a free black man, man. now covered in the blood. Hey, I, I'm telling I, you, and that, that's a scary yes, thing. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and it and it can be something that weighs a lot, but it can also be something that's so liberative. The way the Holy Spirit moves in us, and I truly believe mm-hmm. that the Lord uh, is obviously going to direct your artistry because it's His fault that you're this talented. So. <laughs> you better do something. Um, but we would love to know whatever you want to share with our listeners. There's so many people are going to be at the table when we drop this episode. You know they are going to listen in. They're going to be so excited to hear this conversation. So we ask people to just sound off. Just sound off. What are are the elements of uh, just relating to and conversing with black women about resistance with black people and with our brothers and sisters of color um, about not just resistance, but change and reflection. What are the things rolling around in your mind that you want to share with our listeners today? Yeah. Sound off off for us. That's good. Um, I I think grace, you know, uh, grace, grace and more grace. Um, you know god is uh extremely gracious to us and uh and and it abounds um and i think we have to rest in that like reserve the right to be wrong i'm not saying try to be wrong but i think your identity is not wrapped up in how right you get it or uh how perfect you you can posture yourself um but your identity is wrapped up in the grace of the lord jesus christ and so as you move forward in trying to process your ethnicity and identity um, in 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 a, in a country where it's been suppressed and systemically continues to be suppressed, um, there is grace. You know what I mean? There's grace um, as you navigate these different spaces. And and man, um, you know. And so I want people to rest in that reality. Uh, that's what I had to rest in. I had to rest in the reality. I I went to see. Uh, you know, uh, when I went to Egypt and I saw a thousand year, five thousand year old civilization, I saw that people were under the oppression of, um, you know, rulers and dictatorships, and they made it through that uh, by the grace of God. Mm. And so, um, I, I guess that's the biggest thing that I would want people to wrestle with. Um, there's so much that I could say. I, 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 one of the books that really did change my life in this process was uh, "The Miseducation of the Negro" by Carter G. Woodson, and um, and that man, you know, he also wrote another book called The Negro Church. Um, he has very great, insightful things to say about the, the church and, and for black people who are navigating. These are not new thoughts. That stuff that we're dealing with right now is not new. It's stuff that's been thought about by profound mm-hmm. minds uh, for a long time. And they have great answers. Um, and, man, I would just challenge us to rethink the narrative and to realize that um, j- you live in a very Eurocentric society mm-hmm. and and I know it's difficult to find the answers you're looking for, but you got to dig, you know, continue digging. And there's podcasts like this one and, and there's many other elements. So. So, yeah, all things work together uh, for the good of those who love God according to his purpose. And that, and that all things is all things, the pain, the suffering, the tears, the, the depression. It all works together for his good. So, y'all, don't be afraid to wrestle. Don't be afraid to process. And there's grace for you uh, in the middle of it. Amen. Man, I feel I feel called to like just get the oil out and lay hands on this. <laughs> just have some kind of 
prophetic prayer time right now. See, will you will you lead us in some prayer for our brother and for his ministry and uh, especially for those listeners who need this word? Yeah. The word yeah. grace. Mm. Christina's favorite word. I'm so mad. <laughs> Did you just came out? Mm-mm. I know that was the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Or yeah. she texted mm. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> dear God, dear God, uh, God of grace, God of kindness and holiness, the God who looks out and sees us, the God who calls us by name unto himself. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that... Um, this whole thing is yours, and that includes us, that we are yours, and that you have given us the desires of our heart, that you've imputed us with gifts, um, and that you've allowed us to endure struggles and burdens and difficulties, and you are shaping us and molding us to make us more and more like Jesus. What an honor. An honor that we don't deserve, Lord, but that Christ has paid for on the cross. And Lord, we lift up our brother Lecrae to you. We thank you for the ministry that you've put into him, and we thank you that um he is no less uh, yours and he's no less effective, even if he's not a uh-huh. rapping pastor, Lord. He is your son uh-huh. uh, using the gifts that you've allowed him to cultivate to do good in your world. And we ask that you would protect him, that you would guide him, that you would bless his family deeply and richly, and that you will continue to order his steps and to make his way clear, uh, that you would even through this interview, Lord, let people who are just kind of curious, let let them hear grace, let them hear mm. purpose, let them hear identity resting in the palm of your hand. Um, and let them know, God, that you are working all these things out for our good and your glory. Mm-hmm. In Christ's name we pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Wow. I really made it, y'all. <laughs> I made it. I've gone where many men cannot go. We love the brothers. We love them. <laughs> you were up to the challenge, my brother. You were up to it. Thank you so much, Lecrae. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's really an honor. Thank y'all for what y'all continue to do, and uh, I will always be supported. Truth Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Truth Table.